man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. In other words, to, to put it in language that I would understand, the main purpose of people is to love God and to love people. The reason that we were created was to bring glory to our creator and to enjoy him, to receive his love, and then to turn around and to pour that love out into the world, my friends and family. That is why we exist. Everybody that was ever created, every bit of dust that God ever scooped up from the earth and breathed the breath of life into, every single one of those designed to bring glory to God and to enjoy God to love God, to receive love from God, and to overflow with his love into the world. We all have the same purpose. So for those of you that are out there seeking what your purpose may be, it's real simple. Love God, love people. Glorify God, enjoy God. That is why we exist. Our purpose is the same. The general purpose of people, the, the ultimate purpose that we as followers of Christ share is just that. And yet we struggle with purpose. We struggle with purpose. Why am I here? Why? You know, what do I need to do? You know, who am I really? We struggle with it. You know why? Because we have laid down the purpose that God created us for and picked up something inferior. We've, we've allowed our purpose to be stolen. No, that's a cop-out, dude. Our purpose hasn't been stolen. We gave it away. We've given our purpose away. We gave it away, and we prostituted it out there in the world and traded it for something that doesn't even matter. We gave up our purpose that God had given us and traded it for something of the world. Traded it for something of the world. We laid it down and, and picked up something so much less valuable. Let me tell you, friends, you got the short end of the deal. You got robbed, hoodwinked, bamboozled, shanghaied. You did. I did. But man, aren't you glad that we serve a God of second chances? Aren't you glad that we serve a God of redemption and reconciliation and restoration? Aren't you glad that we serve a God that can give you back the purpose that you so easily gave away? Can you say amen and give glory to the God that we serve today? Because he can restore it you you have purpose in the kingdom of god to glorify him enjoy him forever but how specifically you do that is up to nope gotcha how you do that is not up to you see that's where we got in trouble in the first place isn't it you have a purpose in the kingdom of god and how you do that is up to him can you say amen it's up to him. It's not up to you. That's how we got in this mess, man. It was never up to you. How you're supposed to do that in your life is all up to him. It's up to God. Now all we've got to do is figure out what that purpose is. Would you stand to your feet for the reading of God's word today? Book of Acts in chapter 13. Starting in verse 1, I'm in the New Living Translation today. Among the prophets and teachers of the church in Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, Manain, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, and Saul. 
One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, don't you love that? As they were worshiping and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. And so after more fasting and prayer, somebody say more. After more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. So Barnabas and Saul were sent out by who? Yeah, by the Holy Spirit, man. Yeah, by the Holy Spirit. They were sent out by the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we come to you praising your holy name, worshiping you in the spirit and the truth, God. Lord, I pray that you'll send us today. I, I pray that you'll send us today. I pray that you'll fill us with your Holy Spirit that you'll prepare us for the purpose that we've been called to, and that you will empower us to do the work of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give him a shout of praise, and you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Listen, here comes my favorite word again. All have purpose in the kingdom of God. All have purpose in the kingdom of God. All of you have a purpose in the world. All of you have a purpose in the church. And all of you have a purpose in the kingdom of God. Well, no, let me put it a little bit better than that. All of you are part of the purpose of the kingdom of God. We're all a piece, if you will, a piece of the puzzle of the purpose of the kingdom of God. That's alliteration. You like that? We're all a piece of the puzzle of the purpose of the kingdom of God. And some of you have been told by the enemy or by the world or maybe even by the church, God forbid, that you don't have a purpose. Well, guys, that's a lie from the pits of hell. Because if you have a pulse, if you have a pulse, then you have a purpose. Can you say amen? If you have a pulse, then you have a purpose. You know how to find your pulse? Right? Take two fingers. And put it right to the side of your esophagus, right underneath your jaw. Not to the, some people are like, oh, there's no pulse. It's not down here. It's right here. Right to the side of your esophagus, right under your jawbone. Feel it? Yeah, got it? Feel it? Yeah? You know, your purpose is kind of like your pulse. Some of you found it. Some of you are still looking for it. I see a couple of people still looking. Some of you didn't find it, so you gave up. But you know what? It's still there. Because if you're alive, you have a purpose. If you're alive, you have a pulse. And your purpose is much like that. Some of you have found it, and you're experiencing it right now. Some of you are still looking for it. But some of you didn't find it right away. So you gave up, and you quit, and you stopped looking. But just like the pulse that's in your neck, your purpose is the same. And whether you found it, whether you're still looking, or whether you've given up, if you're alive, it is still there. Can you say amen? It's still there. Whether you found it or whether you haven't, it is still there. But how do you know what your purpose is? Woo! We'll get to that in a minute let's go to the city of Antioch the city of Antioch one of the the first of the New Testament churches the city of Antioch actually had a wall that was built down the center of it to keep the Jews and the Gentiles apart yeah to keep them on opposite sides why would they do that because these two cultures have a different purpose different purpose 
And so they did whatever they could to keep them separated to keep the contention down, to keep them from, from battling each other, to keep their different identities, their different purposes from kind of coming at each other and contending against one another. And yet, the Bible takes us to this room where we see quite a, a, a conglomeration of men sitting around. We've got a Jew. We've got a black guy. We've got a Gentile. We've got a rich guy. And we've got a murderer. Now, what could possibly bring these totally different people all together in the same room in a city that had to, to this point has thrived on separation? Purpose. Purpose. Purpose brings them together. All these men have the same purpose. Their purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. And that purpose overwhelms and overthrows any other kind of garbage that the world has tried to separate them. Because they have a shared purpose. They have come together of one mind and one accord, and they have a purpose. And that purpose makes them much more similar than any of the man-made differences that have been thrust upon them. they got a purpose. They've got the same purpose, to, to glorify God, man, to enjoy God, to experience God. And they've come together across religious divides and across economic divides and across racial divides and across cultural divides to come together under the banner of the cross of Jesus Christ. Antioch was the first place where we'd be labeled as Christians. And they used it as an insult. It meant little Christ. Look at these little Christ running around. But what could be better than to be like Jesus? What, what, what better purpose could you ever have in your life than to devote every bit of your being to the purpose of just being like Jesus. And that's what these men had decided to do. That's what they had decided to do. And look around in the room that you're in right now. There's a lot of different people in here, huh? Folks that look different, folks that talk different, folks that come from different backgrounds and different, you know, cultural situations. And yet here we are, joined together. Why? Purpose. Because our purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy Him. Our purpose is to love God and to love people and to be the people that God has called us to be because we have purpose. And that allows us to break down all the walls that the world has tried to build between us and all the walls that we've tried to build around ourselves because our purpose is greater than the attacks of the enemy. Because the, the thing that would draw us together being the cross of Jesus Christ is greater than the sum of all the things that would try to separate us. We have a shared purpose. Our purpose unites us in a way that the world can never, ever separate us. Never separate us. But in addition to the general purpose that we have as people of God, of, of glorifying Him and enjoying Him and loving God and loving people, we all have a specific purpose as well. We have a specific part to play in the plan of God. Can you imagine that? I mean, isn't that a little humbling to you? I mean, to think about for a second that in God's grand plan that somewhere in this puzzle that we, that are the mysteries of God, that there's a piece that represents you. You. There's a piece of the plan that, that, that God has put into motion that has your name on it. A, a, a part that you have to play 
to be a connecting piece to help some of these other pieces go together. I mean, there's a piece of this puzzle that, that, that has your name on it. And, and to me, man, that's just, that's just humbling. I mean, I mean, it's incredible to think that in the master plan of God that there's a piece that has my name on it. But here's where this sermon gets a little bit more difficult and challenging for us. Your piece of the puzzle, your part to play, your specific purpose in the kingdom of God, it may not be what you think it is. And even harder than that, and, and, and this one's going to be tough for some, it's probably not what you want it to be. It may not be what you think it is, and it's probably not what you want it to be. But really it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? I mean, how well did you do at picking out what you wanted your life to be like before you met Christ out there? I mean, did you do a good job? Me neither. So if we couldn't pick out our life in the old secular, broken down, messed up, broken world, then why in the world would we think that we would be able to pick out and discern what our part to play in the kingdom of God is? I mean, why would we think that? I mean, too often we think that our purpose comes from in here. Or our purpose comes from in here. Your purpose doesn't come from in here. Your purpose doesn't come from in here. Your purpose doesn't come from within you. Your purpose comes from up there. Can you say amen? Yeah, 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 yeah. Listen to this one. This one's the really clappy part, right? Your purpose is not found. Your purpose is given. Can you say amen? It comes from God. It, 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 comes from, it comes from God. It comes from God. So, so how can we discern what our purpose is? I know. How about let's do it like they did it? The Bible says they were in the room doing what? Worshiping and fasting. Worshiping and fasting. Worship puts our focus on God. Fasting takes our focus off of us. So if you ever want to be really locked in with what God is doing, worship and fasting is where it's at. Because in worship, we take everything, our focus off everything in the world, we put it solely on Jesus. And in fasting, we take the focus totally off of us and our needs and desires. And once again, we rely on Jesus to give us everything that we need. Worship puts our focus on him. Fasting draws our needs from him. How else could you ever find and fall in line with what God wants you to do besides doing those two things? Man, you worship and you fast, and I guarantee you God will reveal things to you that you never could have imagined on your own. And you'll know it comes from him. I'll be sitting down and writing some of these sermons and stuff, and I'll be like, man, that's a really good idea. And then I'll be like, what's my idea? That's why it's so good. Because I guarantee you that my ideas are terrible. Ask my wife. They get us in all kinds of trouble. But his ideas are beautiful. Beautiful. See, worship and fasting is, is, is living out the general purpose of God. See, see worship is, the, is, is, is where we glorify God with our worship and our praise, and we lift the name of Jesus up above everything else that we could ever have in our lives. And, and in fasting, we enjoy him. If in fasting, we're saying that we don't need the things of the world to sustain us. We don't need the things of the world to sustain us. All I need is God. You know, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I'm, I'm saying my, my, my physical needs and desires play second fiddle to the things of the spirit world for me. 
second fiddle. See, too often we get caught up in that this is our reality, right? Like, like this wood up here is our reality, and these mic stands and, and the light that shine. Man, this is our reality. This is real. And the stuff of the spirits, and maybe. But man, that, that needs to be flip-flopped and reversed. Because I'm telling you, the things of this world are temporary. The only thing that's really, really real are the things that are eternal. The things that last forever. Man, the things that are invisible, the things of the spirit world. God is actually the only thing that really, really is real. Can you say amen? Why? Because before all this he was, and after all this is gone, he still will be. Can you say amen? And so what else could there ever be that deserves our praise but him? And where else could we ever draw our sustenance but from him? You want purpose? There it is. Worship him. Enjoy him. Pour out everything you've got before him and then receive everything you need from him. Can you say amen? That's life. That's reality. My friends, that is purpose. And what else do you need? What else do you need? Basically what I'm saying is that if we live out the general purpose that God has given us, then we'll find more purpose. And, and if you live out that, then you'll find more. And if you live out that, you'll find more. And then what you'll begin to realize is that each and everything that you experience with God becomes another piece, becomes another piece in the puzzle of your purpose. And, and you won't even really realize it until you start to see these things come together. See, too often, to jump to the end, right? Like, I just want to be the Hulk on the front end. I just want to be right now without having to go through the gamma ray. I, I just want to, I want to have this puzzle that I've got pictured in my head without having to put the pieces together. Me and Angela used to have big ideas, man. we get this puzzle with 500 pieces or 1,200 pieces, we're going to put it together. And we'd be like, shh. <laughs> Wipe that off the table. Let's do something else. But you want what's in the picture without being prepared for the purpose at hand. You will find what God wants you to do specifically when you go out and do what God wants you to do generally. Does that make sense to everybody here? You'll find what God wants you to do specifically in your life when you go and do what God wants us all to do. So when you're in the midst of loving God and loving people, you'll find out if you're supposed to go to Uruguay. When you're in the midst of loving God and loving people, you'll find out whether you're supposed to write some kind of brand new worship song. He'll give it to you when you're in the midst of doing what he's already called you to do. That's where you'll find your purpose is living out the purpose that has already been given to you. And you'll find out that each one is a different piece of the puzzle. And man, I love this part, man, when, when it says the Holy Spirit said, I, I love it when God speaks. Are you guys listening? I mean, are you listening? And, and here's the kicker. Do you know the difference between his voice and all the other voices that bombard you every day? You know, uh, Pastor Brent preached a few weeks ago. I think it was at River Lake he preached a few weeks ago, and he said that, uh, you know, do, do, you, do you know his voice? John 10, right? My sheep know my voice, right? My sheep know my voice. Do you know his voice? Do you know when the Holy Spirit said or when something else said? And, and, and that's key. 
But here they knew. You know why? Because they were worshiping and they were fasting and they were living out the purposes of God and the power of the Holy Spirit fell on them and he spoke to them and he said, hey, Paul and Barnabas need to go on this missionary journey. I've set them apart for a specific purpose. I've set them apart for a specific purpose. I've called them to a specific task. And then what did they do? They jumped up and went and did it right away, right? No. No. They didn't. We need to learn from the book of Acts, guys. They didn't receive the purpose that God had called them to and then immediately jump up and go do it. I think too many of us do that too. God's called me to this. I better do it right now. No, the Bible says that they prayed more and they fasted more. Yeah? Because, see, there has to be preparation for the purpose. There's got to be preparation for the purpose. And then they had their brothers lay hands on them and pray for them and charge them and empower them with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then they went. you got to be prepared. you got to be prepared for the purpose. Too many folks want to jump in without the preparation. And, 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 and what you'll see is, is that one piece of the purpose doesn't make up the entire purpose. One piece of the purpose doesn't make up the entire purpose. And what you'll see, as the, like I said, when the pieces start to come together, it'll start to be revealed to you what's really going on and what you really need to be doing. Sometimes people will say, Pastor, I'm called to preach. And I'll say, how many times have you read the Bible? And they'll be like, what? I read my Bible. Okay. Have you read the Bible? What? Like, dude, I'm just saying, before you stand up in a pulpit and preach a sermon to folks, you probably should read the Bible. You know? <laughs> I have people that say, I want to serve on the worship team. It's like, okay. Do you know more chords than me? <laughs> you know, it takes preparation. When I first started serving in ministry, the very first place that I served was in sports ministry. At, at our previous church, I served in the sports ministry. I knew a lot about sports. I knew nothing about ministry. <laughs> nothing. So I came out there, and, and uh, I'd open up in prayer. And then we'd play ball for two hours. That was our ministry. But you know what it allowed me to do? As I walked out there, and people were dribbling a ball over here and throwing a football back and forth over here, and kids were running around screaming, I'd go, Hey! It's time for us to gather together and do the things of God. And people would flock in together. How often do I still do that now? All the time. All the time. You know what that was? A piece of the puzzle. The next place that I served in ministry was alongside my wife in the toddler class. Yeah. I don't know. I still didn't know anything about ministry. And I certainly didn't know anything about toddlers. And my wife was awesome in that class because she had, you know, worked in a daycare and had all these child development classes and done all this stuff. And she went in there and she loved on these kids and she took care of these kids and she nurtured these kids and she prepared, you know, all the lessons that we were going to do and everything. And all I was was a jungle gym. And sometimes I would get to teach the lesson. Sometimes I would teach the lesson to these toddlers. You know what one of the greatest compliments that I ever get as the pastor here is? People will come to me and tell me, man, I love your preaching. Because you take the scriptures and you present them in a way that anybody can understand. You know why? Because for over a year, 
me and my wife got together and we presented the scriptures in a way that one to four-year-old could understand. And so now in my preaching, I'm able to take the scriptures and mold them and shape them and present them in a way where anybody can understand. And it's a piece of the puzzle. And the next place we served was in youth ministry together. And we started in youth ministry, and we had two kids, two, two teenagers that made up our youth ministry. One, two. We walk into the room, and there was one, two. And they remind me so much of Logan and Abby. It's ridiculous. They were a couple, and there was two of them. And we got to watch God do a work in them and then do a work through us that there was no way that I could explain. We got to watch him bless this principle of that if you're faithful with a little, that God will make you faithful with a lot. We got to see him take this little, tiny, really faithful bunch and, and turn it into something beautiful that was overflowing with the power and the love and the glory of God. And we got to sit back and watch him do that. And so then when we started this church with just a few people in a living room and people wondered how it was ever going to make it because 90% of church plants fail within the first five years and, and nobody knew how we were going to be able to do it, especially in this community where there's already so many churches and they're all like really, you know, uh, embrace their traditions really, really tightly. And, and, and people didn't think that it was going to be able to work. And, and we got to sit there and watch God take that faith that we had with a little and turn it into a lot. And you know why people ask why we were so faithful and why we were so sure that God was going to do it? It's because we'd already seen him do it before. We'd already seen him do it before. You know, like my wife always says, man, we saw him do it before, so we just knew that he'd do it again. Can you say amen? How many of you have seen him do it before and you know that he's going to do it again? You know that he's going to do it again. And guys, it was a piece of the puzzle. It was, it was a piece of the puzzle. And the Holy Spirit sent out Paul and Barnabas. And the Holy Spirit said, I want to see Paul and Barnabas go out into the world and change the world forever. And then he sent them on what's called Paul's first missionary journey. And then, and then they went out there and they rocked the world with the power of God. It was their purpose to go to all these exotic places and plant new churches and do all these amazing things. And maybe that's what God's calling you to do. Maybe he's got some specific peace that he wants to put in your life and show you and have you live out and go and do something amazing in the kingdom of God. Maybe he wants you to go to all these same places, man. Maybe he wants you to go and plant churches all through the Middle East and in Greece and all these crazy places. Maybe he wants you to do that. And maybe the Holy Spirit will just come out and just say it to you. It'll be awesome. So the Jew and the murderer went on the missionary journey. The Jew and the murderer got this specific calling from God as to what they were supposed to go and do. So where does that leave the Gentile and the rich kid and the black guy? Sounds like a bad joke, doesn't it? You think they just quit? You think they just went home because God didn't give them the same purpose that he gave Paul and Barnabas? No. No. 
The church of Antioch shows up over and over and over through the book of Acts. The church of Antioch was a sending point for people over and over and over and over. The church of Antioch was a center of, of, of the power of the Holy Spirit there uh, in the, new, the early New Testament church. You know why? There was a Gentile and a black guy. This is what the Bible says. And a rich kid that stayed there in the church and served faithfully when nobody was looking. And lived out the calling that God had put on their life. And was it super and fancy? And were their name in lights and their name spread all over the New Testament world? No. But they were faithful. And they did the work of the kingdom of God that had been poured out in them. They did the work of the kingdom of God that they had been called to. They did the work of the kingdom of God that the Holy Spirit had communicated to them. And maybe they never got a super specific calling. Hey, go to this town and see this man and do this thing. Maybe loving God and loving people was good enough for them. Maybe to glorify God and to enjoy him forever, maybe that was good enough for them. And here's the question. But who, who is the greater disciple? Who, who is the better follower? The one that needs handwritten instructions? The one that needs the voice of God to come down and say to you, hey, go to this town and say this thing to this person? Or the one to whom the command to love God and his people is enough? Who's doing more? Who's doing more? And so what is your purpose in the kingdom of God? Man, I don't know, but you've got one. I don't know. But you have got one. And it may not be what you think it is. And it's probably not what you want it to be. Are you listening? But it's there. If you've got a pulse, you've got a purpose. If you've got a pulse, you've got a purpose, and maybe you've found it. Or maybe you're still looking for it. Or maybe you've quit. But just like your pulse, if you're alive, it's still there. Still there. You've got a pulse. You've got a purpose. Well, pastor, how do I find it? Worship, fasting, and prayer. When you take the focus off of you and put it on him, when you live out the general purpose that God has called you to in your life, it will be revealed to you. Purpose breeds more purpose. Breeds more purpose. Breeds more purpose. Breeds more purpose. You know, we were driving in the car just the other day, and I tell you what, I'm thankful that the apps, the, that the map app that I have only tells me the next turn to take. Because if it gave them to me all at once, guess what? I'd be so discombobulated, I'd just go back home. What? Do that again. We were in an escape room the other day, right? Me and Angela and Logan killed it, by the way. 
And we had to make this phone call, and it kept giving us these names of these organisms, and it would give them all to us at the same time. And I was like, Logan, call them back. I only found the first one. Call them back again. We called that number like 10 times, 12 times. We finally got it. But if they would have given them to us one at a time, it would have been easy. I mean, stop looking for the whole puzzle. Stop looking for the whole puzzle. Really, all you need is a piece. Really, all you need is a piece. And then all you have to do is just take that broken piece and lay it down right here at the foot of the cross. Do you know what? Our master, he really only deals in broken pieces. If you bring him the finished product, there ain't nothing he can do with it. I mean, he's a pretty nice guy. He's probably like, hey. <laughs> What's that supposed to be? You know, when your kid brings you the drawing, you know, when Brent's kids bring him the drawing, and he's like, hey, that's great. What is it? When we present ourselves as a finished product before Jesus Christ, when we present ourselves filled with our own purpose before Jesus Christ, like, here, God, here I am. Look what I've done. Look what I can do. And Jesus is like, hey, good try, buddy. Good try, but that is not what you were designed to be. That is not what the puzzle was supposed to come together to look like. Why don't you let me? Why don't you just bring me the pieces of your life? Why don't you just bring me the broken pieces of you? And then you let me put them together how I had envisioned it from the beginning. And then the parts that you already put together, hey, good try, buddy. Why don't we take those back apart? Why don't we Why don't we take those back apart? And then you just let me put them where they're supposed to go. Let's just start with one. The purpose of man to glorify God. Let's just put them together with just one other piece to enjoy him. So why don't you just come to me? 
surrender all your broken pieces at my feet and I'll take care of everything. And I'll give you purpose. And I'll give you peace. And I'll give you power. And I'll give you everything that it is that you have needed since the beginning. And all I need are the pieces. All I need are the pieces. Just the pieces. You don't worry about the puzzle. You just bring me the pieces. And I'll put them together. I'll put them together. Listen, guys, maybe you're here today and you're broken into a thousand. And you thought you had a purpose for your life. That sucker fell apart, didn't it? Even though you thought it was a really good one. Crumbles to dust in our hands. You know why? Because what we build on our own was never what we were supposed to build in the first place. And the purpose that we thought that we had for our life is going way down the wrong way. So praise God, he tears those things down. You know, I'm, I'm taken to the book of Genesis. After Noah's family got off the ark and everything, and, and they were kind of building a civilization, and they were going to be enough to, to spread out over the world. And God spoke to him, and he said, hey, go into all the world and build altars. So instead of going to build altars to God all across the world, they stayed together and built a tower to themselves. The command was to go into the, all the world and build altars. Instead, they stayed in one place and built a tower. And so God had to tear that down give them another opportunity to do what they've been designed to do since the beginning. The same thing that Jesus told his disciples, go into all the world and make disciples. The same thing that the Holy Spirit is telling us now. see the whole thing until we see him face to face and then we won't care anyway when I get to heaven I'm going to ask God this and I'm going to ask God that no you're not you're going to go blah 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 and then you'll realize that the first piece of the puzzle 
was the entire puzzle to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. That's, that's, let me let you in on the secret. That's the whole thing.